0: Welcome to Bite Size Conversations with Jenny and Kylie. Hello, Kylie. How are you today? Great, thanks. How are you going, Jenny? I'm doing brilliantly. I am having a really awesome morning and I just love how flexible we are with life at the moment. I've been writing a lot and talking a lot about how flexible being in business and running your own business can be if you let it make it work. And I was in Rockhampton this morning, jump on a plane, get home, and now we're talking to people around Australia and beyond around rules and guidelines. (laughs) In my I, love that, I love that you just jumped off a plane. this <laughs> is it's not a long haul flight where you have, like, you know, you're still trying to work out whether, you know, you've got the right clothes on and your shirt's on the right way, but it's just an easy. <laughs> I've done that before. <laughs> I've uh,
1: been doing a course this morning in the States. There was wow. one other Australian in it, but the rest were, um, oh, not that I'm Australian, I'm a Kiwi, but living in Australia. And um, but I love it. It felt like I was right there in doing the course with them all. And so good. (laughs) It was wonderful. So, Jenny, great topic for us today.
0: It is talking about
1: rules, guidelines, and getting it right on socials and your website, etc. And I have to say, one thing that just blows my mind is how many people don't have, for example, a privacy policy on their website or yesterday I taught a workshop and I suggested to them all as a project that they might like to do is to go and audit each other's website, just a little mini audit. So I said, I'll choose one of you later on and I'll do it as an example and I recorded it on Loom. And I said, I'll no, talk through it, all, all the things that you want to be looking for, and then you can do each other. So the first thing I noticed when I got there is that they didn't have their security certificate installed on there. Um, so that, you know, so when you look at the top along the URL, and instead of looking at their website typed in there, it says not secure. It's like, oh, in that instance, you would never hand over your um, email address, and you certainly wouldn't ever make a purchase or anything. No. So, That's interesting to me that there are people still doing that. And in fact, recently, I was looking at somebody who, um, of their website that makes websites and does digital marketing for people, and they had the same thing on theirs. And I was thinking, my goodness, my goodness, so many people just, well, anyone can decide they're going to, you know, do that as a business, clearly. But also how awful for people that are putting their faith and trust in getting something done by so-called experts, and then actually not even realizing that that what they're getting is is not actually going to be the right thing. Mm.
0: It's an interesting thing. It's it's that detail, isn't it? It's looking at the little details that we often don't think about, like the simple thing of I've been working with a client um, on their website, and my dog is squeaking a new toy. So I hope that's not bothering anyone else. Um, hear it. awesome. Um, is that we were we were talking about their website? And we we're upgrading their website. They they've been on there um, doing work um, in the industry for probably ten years. And they've been manually collecting emails that come through through the website. So someone types in an email and they just get that form that comes in. And I'm like, so what do you do with that? And they're like, well, I just, I have that. And I was like, but so you don't have any automation that doesn't go into like a MailChimp or a Drip or a Keep or something. And they're like, what is that? And so it just, it's that, it, you know, what is what people are doing and what they're offering is so different to what potentially might need. So that idea of asking some questions about, are they going to give me what I need versus what I what I don't know? You know, I I find that really fascinating. That is really fascinating <laughs> because one of the big things is handing over your email address is
1: gold. Like, know. A, why would I give you my email address? Unless I was really wanting something from you, and I knew that I was going to get some value, some learnings, some discount code, or anything, something.
0: Anything. And then if you do nothing with it, it's like all oh, those massive wasted
1: opportunities.
0: I know. So, yeah. That's so. That's the thing. Is it's one of the rules and guidelines. But I mean, I know we're talking about rules and guidelines today, but it is about being being certain that you're in a safe pair of hands, and checking on things like the security lock on the website is such a simple thing to determine. Is this a safe pair of hands that I'm going to play with today? Absolutely. And Jenny, how often would you hand over your email address? Less now, but probably at least once a day. Probably at least once a day I, I, I join a new mailing list and I think, oh, I'm interested to see what this person's going to send me. Yes, I agree. But then very quickly, I'll check out what they've sent
1: me. And if it's not going to resonate with me straight away, or if I'm suddenly feeling like I'm being spammed with too many coming at me, then I'll instantly
0: unsubscribe. unsubscribe. One of my
1: biggest jobs in terms of admin and the back end is the endless sorting out of emails and how way too many coming at us all the time. So yeah, I'm
0: getting 35 every morning. I wake up and there's about 35 that I'm going through to clear at the moment, but there are 35 emails that come into my inbox between 8 o'clock at night and about 1 o'clock in the morning that I get from all various places. And I'm thinking 35 emails a day. And some of them are the same people that send them to me every single day. And I'm like, what can you possibly be telling me today that's different from yesterday? Because It is a lot. It is a (laughs) a really
1: big lot. The course that I was doing this morning was all about lead generation and email marketing, etc. So interesting timing with that because there was a lot of discussion in the chat about people saying how much is too much so some people were saying well a weekly email is a really good thing so send it out you know I like to hear from you weekly but then perhaps every now and then you've got something big coming up so maybe an extra three per week would be fine I was instantly thinking I'm not really sure about that I like a weekly and sometimes I don't even send mine out weekly but I aim for weekly but I'll also I'm a big believer in two and consistency. So if mine go out every Monday morning or every Friday afternoon or whatever it is, and I, am always testing too. So I'll, you know, yeah. change it up every few months and, and see how it's all going. But um I definitely don't think maybe at most I'd send an extra one, but I also have so many other ways of reaching people. So, you know, if I was really wanting to push something, then it would be pushing it through my social channels and through stories, etc. It wouldn't just be Endless email blasts out there, which is just going to get you more unsubscribes.
0: I signed up for an email. I, I signed up to do a discovery call, you know, whatever you want to call it, last week, and from day four onwards. Sorry, I got a one from the week out. Your calls in a week, and then four days. Are you ready to go on Friday? Then, then basically every day, plus three on the morning of. And for me, seven emails in a four-day period about a one-hour phone call was a little bit too much. And I understand they're trying to, like, you know, get me excited and make sure I get on the call and remind me that the call is coming. But it was a little bit like I think you just kind of hit my ceiling when you got to, like, three in three days. And then on the morning to get so many that day to say it's coming in an hour, it's coming in 15 minutes, we're ready to go. Like, come on, people. Like, there's, a, there's, a, there's a point where you're like, this is getting too much. So one of the guys that this morning um,
1: came up and was spotlighted spotlighted to ask his question. And he said, I've got this ginormous, ginormous email list. I'm sending out emails and at least 15% of people are complaining every single time that it's just too much that I'm getting. And I didn't give you permission to do this. And he's like, well, actually you did. Um, the the box was ticked and you know blah 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 like he was actually following all the right rules that we can chat about in a second but what I thought was really interesting is that he kept them on that list he didn't segment that list tag them with I only send to these guys once every few weeks or whatever anyway it was really interesting the way that he was sharing it was like he was just going to keep hammering it and hammering it and hammering it because you should want my emails and it was quite an intense way of looking at it. And then what happened is that then he finally said who his target market was and, and who his main group of subscribers, and they were all over 50. And so then the topic was actually, you know what? Maybe they don't even, well, not every, obviously not everyone over 50 doesn't understand, but a lot of people, that might be the main emails that they're getting each week. Yeah. They're not, with all kinds of marketing stuff coming at them so if you if just yours are what's coming in other than family ones or whatever that's then that's a lot and you would be feeling really really overwhelmed with it so somebody suggested how about you say when they sign up right so in the next five days you're going to get four emails because we want to tell you all the things that you've just signed up to and then after that it it goes down to weekly so Really transparent and letting people understand what's coming at them, because you know, I know even with our on on onboarding and our programs, there's a whole series that happens, and then it reminds them again. If so, if they don't do this, then it will send this again, etc., yeah. etc. Et so it's all automated, which is great. But, of course, that can be overwhelming to people. So just letting them know what to expect straight off the bat. There'll be a reminder sent to you in a couple of days if you haven't done this because we need you to have done this so you're in the group, so you're ready for the Zoom or, you know, whatever it is. So I thought that was super interesting just around expectations and um, just sharing and very much thinking about who is your audience. How yep. much do they want to hear from you and how much is too much?
0: Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I think I, I I'm very a big fan of saying to people, thanks for signing up. You'll get a series of emails in the next couple of weeks or the next couple of days because it does set expectations, but it also reminds people when it comes in that it's an important email. So you're actually priming them to say there's something cool coming in your inbox that we want you to look at, rather yeah. than that just order the emails that come in and it's for constant sales, particularly you know, going in and around Black Friday and the Cyber the Cyber Monday sales, it was constant around you. You you're missing out here. And I think from some of the people that I subscribe to, I was getting, you know, so many emails in that last, in the three days prior and a couple of days after to try and get to push those sales. Now, I understand there's that sales, mark, sales process and it's like advertising on television. But when it's in my inbox, I'm going to see it at some point. So when I see seven of them in that short period of time, my question is, which one do you want me to read? Because I'm not reading them every day and very few people I think probably do. But which one do you want me to read? What's important? And if it's the same information, did I need to get it that many times? Absolutely. And that you've really raised a beautiful point, which is that the email stays
1: there until you delete it. And that's one of the beautiful things about email marketing compared to social media is that we know for sure at some point you're going to see it. So sadly, you you might not see it for a month and you've missed that big sale or whatever. But you're right, we don't need seven. And one of the things that's super successful or can be super successful in digital marketing is that scarcity tactic. So that countdown that, you know, you've only got 10 hours left or five hours left and then another one and then another one. And because people don't want to miss out, that special price is going to go, et cetera, et cetera. But on the same token, hmm. That to me just kind of overwhelms me. It, it's pretty off-putting for me. And even though it can work really well in some businesses, I don't want to put that kind of pressure onto people.
0: No. And I think it really depends on context. I mean, it talks about the context of what you're doing. So if you're selling something that is a, a, a really amazing offer that they've time limited, that they're not going to ever get again, that kind of, you know, crazy sale, then maybe that's fine. But I guess for the coaching programs that we do, when we do these coaching programs and we we allow people and people join us, enable people to join us at any point in our coaching programs, that kind of scarcity for me doesn't seem, just doesn't fit my brand, doesn't fit my need of my business. So I think it really comes back to that conversation we had a couple of weeks ago about about showing up and being authentic and aligned with, with your brand and how you want to show up and the types of information that you want to share.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: It's a really interesting one, isn't it? It is. But let's talk about rules because I know this has been such an important conversation you and I've had a lot of conversations offline about rules and rules of engagement and and what's right and how you need to engage with on social media, particularly in the current changes that are happening and the constant changes that are happening. So What is the most, why do we have to, why do we care about the rules and the the community guidelines and things like that, that Facebook and all the social media platforms have? Well, thank goodness for
1: rules. Let's just say that straight off the bat because without rules, wow, things would just be even more chaotic than they already are. So let's think about email marketing, for example, first. So you've got one issue is that if I just, buy an email list, for example, I jump on Fiverr and, you know, pay my money and someone just does all this, you know, data mining and I buy, you know, a massive amount of subscribers. Firstly, they didn't give me permission to email them. And and somebody brought up this morning actually about I've got all these people from years and years and years ago when everything was in paper. I've got this massive amount of emails. If I put it into my system, can I email them even though they haven't heard from me in, say, five or 10 years time? And so, actually, they have handed over their email address to you at some point. But the the nice thing to do would be to send them one out saying, "Hey, I got your email from this." I'd still really love to connect with you. Um, And, you know, here's an offer. So some kind of awesome value. So some kind of something that you're giving them to remind them why they might actually want to know about you and and connect with you again. Anyway, you will find loads of unsubscribes at that point because they're like, hey, that wasn't relevant. That's no longer relevant to me. That was five years ago. That was 10 years ago. Hey, I don't even remember how I signed up to you or whatever. So being really, really clear how you're doing it. But one of the things that you can do on your website is that you can do the double opt-in. So the double opt-in is a bit of a pain because you'd know that one. It's when you've said you've ticked the box. Yes, I'm happy to hear from you. But then it sends you an email and then you need to confirm. Yes, I'm definitely happy. That to me is a total pain. But the reason it's so good is it helps you have less chance of going into their spam. So it's a good thing because the double opt-in is is going to give you more opportunity to to appear somewhere yeah. it- Box where that you know with, for example, with um, Gmail, you've got all your different categories. I'm, I'm sure you have with you know what you're using with Microsoft, where you've got the promotions tab or the updates tab, and you know all of those. So it's definitely going to help you appear in somewhere that you want it to, rather than just into spam. But again, it's another step in the process. So not everybody likes to take that step, so you will miss a certain number of them because. A, yes, it's another, oh, I've got to do that. But also sometimes they don't even see that second little double opt-in one. But it's a really good one, though, to make sure that actually, yes, people really do want to hear from me and it's not going to be going to my spam. So there's all kinds of rules around email marketing. And one is that a lot of people miss out on. So what I've found over time is that people will be collecting email addresses along along the way. Well, Let's think about your person that you were chatting with who didn't really understand What was happening with those email addresses? They were just collecting them. Now, just say that they put those into their Gmail account and then they sent a big blast out to everybody from that. It wouldn't have any information at the bottom of that email, even giving people the option to unsubscribe. So that's where you're likely to get some quite angry people and you're going against those those rules, really. Because when you're doing those kind of mail outs, you need to go through a platform, like whether it's Mad Mimi or MailChimp or I use Keep, as you know. So with my clients, I use MailChimp because I love it. It's a really great platform that's constantly evolving. Mm -hmm. Um, And at the bottom of every one of them, there's all these legal requirements, which is, for example, who are you? Where can I find you? What's your legal stuff around your business? And then it's also got your unsubscribe, which is so
0: important. What uh, platform are you using, Jenny? Yeah, I use Mailchimp too. Well, we were using Drip for a while, and Drip was fine. But I just find I find Mailchimp so much more so, so much easier to use. Um, but I love Mailchimp for the disclaimer on the bottom. But what I have been finding a lot of at the moment is emails coming through to me that don't have unsubscribe, and it actually really frustrates me because I'm trying to get out of the this the the mailing list because they're no longer relevant to me, and I actually have to hunt for the unsubscribe list or that's or instead of saying the word unsubscribe they've actually relabeled it as something else that says you know update your preferences or if you no longer want to receive this email click here because we're looking for that unsubscribe word but they're actually doing it in a way that makes it harder for you to do it and of course if we're doing it on email if we're doing it quickly or we're trying to unsubscribe and we can't find it we go we'll do it later we delete and what happens you get an email again in two days that you didn't want in the first place.
1: Absolutely. It's a really big one. I've noticed that happening quite a bit too. Also, I've had a scenario with a company where I bought something for my daughter online and I keep unsubscribing because I'm not interested in that product anymore or what they offer anymore. And they keep adding me back on. So the interesting thing is with MailChimp, for example, and most of those platforms, you cannot actually add them back on, which is a really, really good thing. Um, And so somehow, and I'm not sure what on earth they're doing or how it's happening, but I keep getting added back. And so I keep emailing them and saying, guys, you're actually doing the wrong thing here. This is not okay. I'm choosing to opt out and so they keep saying it's a glitch I cannot believe that for one minute because it happens over and over but you know what'll end up happening is that I then report them and you know they'll get a number of those over time and it's yeah that's definitely not what you want so you've really got to think about your laws and people's you know privacy policies around all that one thing that I often would suggest is to jump onto your website and create a page there around the privacy policy and around you know what you're doing with people's information so when they buy a product on your website let people know in that privacy policy what you're going to do with that email address so it might say that you're going to add it into your email list or you know whatever it is but it's so important to be transparent now not everybody's going to go and read your privacy policy but at least it's there it's really clear what it is that you're doing and of course every country has their own rules around that
0: yeah. our oh, privacy and, policies are so important and there's so many you can find i mean there's a number of ways that you can actually create your own you can look at well uh, you know another colleague that you might use or another client or or similar industry to, to look at their privacy policy you can purchase privacy policies through legal websites or you can see your lawyer and ask them to have a quick look at it or a colleague of yours but privacy policies are i i honestly believe are one of the most important things but when it comes to the emails one of the other things that i've noticed and, and i used to do this when i had various different versions of email listings, you can give people the option as to what they want to opt into. And I do mm-hmm. this often when I am when I used to run trade show events and I used to be at, uh, you know, trade shows or at events. We would set up our opt-in page mm-hmm that they would complete on an iPad when we're at the, at the stand and we would say did you want to know about our events information and we'd actually give them some options so that it actually allowed us to segment our market as you talked about earlier which is such an easy way to target but if we had someone interested in our programs then we knew that very quickly through this very simple opt-in page and if they actually just wanted general information we would give that to them and they didn't get information about the events or it might be just the monthly newsletter so you can actually do that really simply and MailChimp and Keep and I know do that drip do that you can have forms that give you the option to say which marketing list do you want to opt into so you can do it in a way that allows people to get the information they want and so you can unsubscribe from one list and if you want to update your preferences then you go back in and choose all of them or some of them or, or or reset it if you like totally and that's
1: actually a really interesting thing is so for example the way that we tag people so it'll be people that have um been on a a workshop where i'm at a speak you know speaking gig or something like that so we'll put them on with a certain tag or it'll be someone that's ever done an instagram course with me ever and then if i am launching something new around that then i can send it out to them and just tag people that have have done instagram over the years yeah so it's really awesome way and also with my not-for-profit the Bangalore Lionhearts so we use MailChimp for that mailing list so one of the things I love about MailChimp is sign up forms and landing pages and all of that so you can create a sign up form that you then integrate but and MailChimp's so brilliant for integration yes. so you can integrate it onto Facebook as a as an e-news sign up or whatever you want to call it then on that one we have do you want to um help with cooking Tick that. Do you want to help with driving? Tick that. Do you want to help with donating? Tick that. Or with working bees? So then that automatically segments them when it it uploads into MailChimp, you know, just like that. It's all done automatically. I love it. And so then when I go to send out a, a call out and say, hey, we've got somebody new that needs driving to their chemo appointments who's available it goes out just to the people that are interested in driving so that's yeah. so good because it doesn't need to overwhelm everybody with all the requests all the time so yeah. I really enjoy that aspect of it so Mailchimp, such a great way to start and um, so many awesome offerings there I, I really love it and in fact I just recently noticed they have a new thing where you can actually really personalize it and send out postcards in the flesh physical postcards yeah i still a month later and we're waiting to receive my sample so i'm not actually saying yes everybody go and do that yet because i haven't even you know figured oh. it out but i thought it was really interesting so what i love is that they're also constantly evolving and, and trying out new things yeah and
0: i and I think that, that that's the way that segmenting your market and choosing what you want to do actually enables you to communicate so much more effectively with your customer so you give them what they want when they want it and you and you say you're not overwhelming them, but they actually start to respect you a little bit more because they go I can trust you Uh, you're actually doing what I've asked you to do like that company who won't unsubscribe you you actually start to lose trust and engagement with them because they're not listening to you they're not paying attention to what you're asking for and they're just ignoring that and if they're doing that in a promo and marketing imagine what they're like being uh, when you work with them or when you purchase things off them you're not going to get that customer service level You expect when they're not even listening to you in that early stage of engagement,
1: yeah, absolutely, I completely agree. And then thinking about that person that you said they're not doing anything with those emails, they're actually doing the wrong thing by me, and that as well is that I, I handed that email address over because I want to hear from them, I want their
0: information, and then I'm not actually getting any information right. so that's an interesting one too isn't it it is so we've talked a lot about email marketing rules but I'm really interested in around the social rules around Facebook and because you've talked a lot lately about particularly on so on all the socials about community rules and community guidelines what is tell tell us what a community guideline is and why we need to be careful of them oh this is a massive one
1: a really really massive I just got a um, message from somebody yesterday who um, this is her fifth time in six weeks that she's been banned and blocked from Facebook and she sent me a message said this is my new account again um, and I'm just wanting to connect with you so you don't think it's a you know a hacker or whatever Um, this is me and I said wow what do you think is going on because Yes, she got banned and blocked blocked the very first time for the same reason I did, which was letting one of my team log into my personal account. So that's a big no-no. Unfortunately, it's something that many of us do when we have a team and um we're not doing anything untoward with it they're just they're helping us doing engagement and stuff like that it's a no-no I got away with it for two years and then boom abandoned and block and can't get back on thank goodness I do have that that backup account but it's a really tricky one but that woman that's the reason it happened to her in the first place too since then it keeps happening over and over and over and I said to her Are you talking about COVID stuff? Are you putting out triggering kind of posts? Are you talking about health issues? That's a big one that's going to cause you problems. Are you talking about, you know, all all kinds of things that could be a problem? And she said, what I think it is, is that my surname is Soul. S-O-U-L. So so Soul Work, you know, all that kind of stuff. That's a bit of a triggering one around the same way that the health one, anything with health in your name and your business name, whatever, you're going to end up with issues so yeah it's a really interesting thing. she's uploaded her id multiple times to prove it's actually her name and all she does she's got an amazing um business that just brings women together and she does beautiful she has speakers doing facebook lives where she interviews them that are all women doing amazing things in the world so pretty tragic that this is happening for her and it makes it incredibly hard to run your business but the frustration around community guidelines is that I know for a fact what I did wrong. But that was one thing. It wasn't that I was posting pictures of nipples that we all know is a big no-no. I wasn't doing hate crimes or hate speech. I wasn't doing triggering posts around COVID or misinformation or anything like that. I wasn't trying to say to people, hey, I've got the cure for whatever, whatever. And, you know, that was not backed up by any dash or whatever. I'm literally just there trying to help people do Facebook better for their business. (laughs) And so it's pretty ironic, really. And so the interesting thing is you break a community guideline. You're not always sure why. And then what happens? there's pretty much no customer service there's i I say pretty much i'd like to say none but there is it's just that you actually can't really get the help that you need so you're kind of stuck so for such a ginormous company it's quite astounding the lack of support that you can get around it and where can you go how can you get help and particularly around the facebook ads People get blocked and banned from that, their ads account all the time. And it is just bizarre. I've got a client who um, sells dog treats and dog accessories and things. Her stuff's always getting blocked because she has little treats that she sells, you know, packets, not even their own, they're not even her own brand. She has suppliers that are dehydrated meat. So they like, it might be like dehydrated chicken or whatever. So they keep saying to her that she's selling livestock which is against community guidelines. They're dried dog food. (laughs) So, yeah, it's just a minefield out there of really challenging guidelines to try and understand.
0: I find it really interesting, particularly when Facebook, the, the Facebook model is around using it for business. The whole purpose of it is about scaling your business through Facebook. They talk about doing that. They talk about using the groups and engaging people on a global level so that you can scale your business and use it to really engage with people. So we know that the as a business structure, the owner of the business, the owner of the account cannot manage all the aspects of their business we talk about that there are many people online that talk about delegating and finding better systems or processes to do use your work to do your work so it always it astounds me that the community guidelines that Facebook are doing are not including an area or not including a system that allows us to say these are the five people who work in my business these are the three people who support me delivering my business delivering my message so these are authorized people to sign in so there'd be mm-hmm. such an easy way for them to enable us to connect with our team using the platform and it would actually encourage people to do it more because they would be like well I don't have time to post on Facebook but you know what my team can so if we actually were able to create a team account where you had that connection so people can log in for you and do that work and be part of the community guidelines they would actually enable them to grow connections and actually I actually think more people would end up posting and moving their business into the Facebook space because it gives them that flexibility to do that and still abide by the rules
1: and you look at the two the differences between Facebook and Instagram for example so on Facebook you absolutely have to have a personal account and yeah. then from a personal account you can create business business pages business groups etc etc but it must be based around one person's personal account Instagram, on the other hand, is anyone can have the login and in you go, and it can be just a business account with no personal anything. However, something just happened to us recently, and it's super frustrating, and I'm going to be fascinated watching what unfolds from here on, but they've asked me to to do my face ID to log into Instagram now. So it wasn't just that I could upload a picture or anything. I had to put my face in all these different angles as it did this whole round around thing. So now my team can't log into our business, Instagram. So not only that, we can't connect it any longer to, um, you know how when you post on Instagram, I could then auto post to Facebook. I can't do any of that anymore. We can't connect it up and create a studio it's just extraordinary and again there's no one to get help from so i'm intrigued to see what's going to be happening with instagram and if they're going to be changing that so again it's just a, a one person thing and as you said it makes no sense because we all want to be on there and you know what we're spending money in ads etc and we're bringing more people to the platform so why on
0: earth this is going on is is it's, it does seem very strange. It's almost it's it's almost, uh, all, it's almost pushing us back to the days when it was just personal and there was no business on Facebook. And you're wondering whether or not there is, you know, with the new meta, whether there is a new platform coming that is separating the business and personal that we'll have to pay for to be able to use access and, and you have a business page and have a business profile. But I guess that's where I love things like LinkedIn, where LinkedIn enables you to have a business page. You can have it connected to people, but anybody can go in and create a business page you can have multiple admins that on your account on your personal account to allow you to actually access and connect and post and it makes it so much easier because it's designed they recognize that you're trying to scale your business through LinkedIn so it's actually mm-hmm. set up to enable you to do that Indeed. and Pinterest is the same
1: anyone can log into that for example <laughs> but have you noticed on Facebook lately on your own newsfeed and particularly on your notifications it's almost all notifications that um, businesses have done and how people have reacted on your business account. You're seeing
0: very little at the moment of what's going on on your personal. Actually, now that you've said that, I have noticed that recently, that it is a lot about the business and that both my groups and my, and my personal page, And so my business page, but I am not getting, I'm not getting those notifications of people who are either commenting or seeing even, uh, you know, posts done by my colleagues or my friends. So we all know that when you stop
1: seeing things that you want to see, so whether it's from your friends or from pages that you follow or groups that you're in, the reason is largely because you haven't been interacting with them Mm. when you're not engaging that's telling the Facebook algorithm actually and the Instagram of course and all of them that actually you're not that interested so therefore it shows you less and less and less so if there's things that you want to hear from or see you need to be giving them a little emoji giving them a little like tagging a friend sharing it whatever engaging show the algorithm actually this is stuff I like and I want to see more of it but I Plenty of those. I'm really big on engagement. I'll always um, chat in the comments when a friend's put up a post on their personal page, et cetera. So it's interesting to me that the algorithm has changed so much again that I'm actually not seeing that stuff. And I was talking with a client last night who said, even on her personal, she would normally get around about particularly, you know, she knows the certain topics she can post about and she'll get straight away. There'll be 168 likes and there'll be, you know, at least 10 comments of people commenting about something to do with her family or whatever. She said for the last couple of weeks, there's been nothing. And she's like, I'm sure no one is seeing it. So she takes it off. She reposts it again at another time, see what's happening when she knows all her friends are on. And nothing. So I said to her, it's because we're seeing more, more, more of business and particularly sponsored posts and less, less, less of anything personal. And it's super
0: frustrating. I find that incredibly frustrating. and I think the rules, the constant change in the rules without that communication, it's all. I, I kind of feel like we're lab rats and we're being beta tested all the time in terms of what the reactions are, what the responses are. And, I mean, we know that websites do that. I had a great conversation with someone years ago about the SEEK website, which at any one time can have up to 10 different sites that they're using and they're trailing globally to see, you know, the, the, the position of the buttons and the way the language is done so they're constantly showing. So you never really quite know which particular site you have because they're constantly doing testing on the different front pages of their site, which is a great way to kind of understand engagement. But when you're doing that and it's actually impacting the way that you're engaging with the information and being able to see what you want to see and not being able to see the posts that you want to because they keep changing that, it does become incredibly frustrating. And it does go to your point that we've talked about so many times that Facebook is about engagement, but then you've got to get them off Facebook or any social platform into an email list or into a webinar or into somewhere where you can connect with them in person or in reality so that you can actually create and build that engagement because you don't own your data on facebook absolutely yeah. so really you have to be thinking
1: about what are the regulations and what are the laws on whatever platform so around websites and data collection and what you do with the data and privacy laws with email about making sure people you know how did you get those emails in there and are you allowing them to unsubscribe easily and around facebook are you posting things that are actually allowed because yes it seems odd that you can't post a nipple you know particularly when it's um to do with um a company that sells breastfeeding products or you know whatever Whatever. it is it's super super interesting what those rules are but you know at the same time we're, we're glad that there are rules at all. So really make sure that you educate yourself on the platforms you're on, what are the rules around that? We talk a fair bit about that in our Hello Media Facebook group. Um, and there's also people that you can follow to get more information. So for example, Adam Maseri who is the CEO of uh, Instagram, follow him on Instagram and find out what he's saying that's you know something new or something different because you'll notice that they tend to share things a little in advance and give little snippets of what's to come and with Facebook obviously you can follow Mark Zuckerberg and he'll tell you what's going on and I noticed with him particularly he's very good at dropping these little hints into things and then you'll start to work out what's coming but if that's a bit too much then really what you can just do is, you know, join a group like Hello Media Facebook group and find out when we share the stuff that we think are the important bits where changes are happening. So yeah, it can be it can be very overwhelming. And if you just Google um, Facebook rules, obviously you can go to Facebook's page and find them, but keep in mind that they change all the time. Community guidelines change all the time. I put a post in the um, group a couple of weeks ago about, that, you know, around health and how they're going to be not letting any of that go through because they, you know, and I get that they're trying to keep people from so much triggering. But one thing I wanted to mention, Jenny, is have you heard about what's happening in fact i'm wondering now did i bring it up with you last week about what's happened with lush cosmetics
0: so yeah Yeah, yes about them taking them system up take them you completely removing themselves and making it stand around removing themselves off it because they don't want to buy into the the hype around i think we talked about it offline but buying into the hype of um of of the the noise around COVID and everything else that's been talked about so actually what it was is
1: it's about for teens and the damage that it's their mental health so they don't want to be any part of that so they've removed themselves from facebook instagram etc wow. what is interesting is that when you count up their instagram accounts altogether, it's about six million people they've removed every post they ever had on any of those um platforms they've wow. put up a group nine that states really clearly what they've done and why they've done it they have been slammed at least a, more than a third of their comments of people slamming them about the terrible mm-hmm. way that they treat their staff The other third of them are slamming them, and which this is the bit that I agree with, saying, you know what, though, you have the opportunity. You can't change it. It's still going to be there. Removing yourself from it's sort of just like burying your head in the sand. But what you have got the opportunity to do, especially with the demographic of audience that you've got and the number of people that you've got, is actually start putting some really positive messages out there. You know, giving people options to, you know, hey, instead of scrolling right now, why don't you go and run yourself a bath and, you know, listen to some beautiful music for self-care or whatever. So removing yourself isn't necessarily going to fix it. But what I found really interesting about their whole tactic is that they're still on Twitter. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) like, really, that's fascinating to me. Isn't Twitter like one of the worst for getting, getting stuff out there and getting caught up in a whole lot of angsty chaos? Yeah. So very interesting. So on one hand, I think okay, maybe I partly agree that that's nice. You're making a stand and removing yourself, but actually, you've got
0: the opportunity to do some really amazing good in the world. So yeah, yeah. And, I, and I and I think we forget there's that kind of hype piece, isn't it? There's a kind of we think it. We forget the value of the program, the the platforms that we're using, but we also forget the the impact we have when we try and make stands like that or where we where we think we're doing the right thing and it's that kind of knee-jerk response of oh we'll just do this but we need to keep one but it sends a mixed message it doesn't actually say that you're really committed to this kind of stand and this value that you're doing because you're choosing to stay on there it's it's much easier to say you know we're we're making a choice of no longer being in this space but to, you're still part of you're still part of it by being on Twitter, and there is so many challenges with Twitter, as you say about, and particularly with some of the negative comments that can come out on Twitter that people can just throw out because it's that bite size, throwing out a little bit, but it doesn't, you know. I just, it's my opinion. Does it really matter? And it does. It's that compounding effect. So, yeah, it's that much That's is less very less interesting.
1: Community. Yeah, there's less community going on on um, Twitter, yeah. so at least on Facebook you can create an incredibly positive community. So I definitely thought that that was super interesting. And it'll be interesting to watch that space. But you know what, I had a moment when I was looking at their accounts, and just thinking, wow, as a marketer, how devastating all those people for all those years that have created all that amazing content. It's just wiped. That makes me so sad for those marketers, those designers, those content creators that's just had everything gone. It's like, ooh, slap in the face to you. Your your work for how
0: many years is just gone. Just disappeared. Yeah, no, that's actually a really good point. Um Sophia said asked about LinkedIn. So um, Sophia, I have LinkedIn connected to our um we have a number of ways that we get into LinkedIn, but LinkedIn is a much easier platform that you can post on for other people. It doesn't have the same two-factor accreditation, the same requirements that Facebook do to get on, but it also, you can connect it to things like Suite and other, um, you know, other platforms that allow you to, your team to log in and post for you. Yeah, so is
1: actually... Um, asked me yesterday about linkedin and i said i actually don't even know because i haven't delved into linkedin enough to yeah. know the rules but i noticed a masterclass that was being put up by um someone i brought in as a speaker on linkedin who is carmen um oh i'm just having a moment where i can't remember name but anyway i'll put the details in the chat because she'd be great to connect with um Definitely. bit of linkedin expert i'm not i don't like to throw the word expert around too much but <laughs> but uh jenny do you really love hanging out on linkedin
0: I'm getting yeah. I, I used to do it a lot more when I was in the corporate space, and I'm actually getting back in there because it, the reality is a lot of my clients are moving into that space, and I'm doing a lot more work and consulting work in in that kind of. Um, multinational kind of larger company space, so I, it's a, it's the space where my clients are, um, and it's a really great. What I love about LinkedIn is the type of communities that they're creating. It's a very much about information sharing. The the way that the information is shared and it shows up to me feels a lot more. Um, it's 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 more corporate, of course, but it just resonates more with me because it doesn't have the same. I don't know. It, does, it just feels different on LinkedIn than it does on Facebook. I, I don't. I can't explain why. I can say that have the same post on read it on Facebook and read it on LinkedIn, and it just feels different in that environment. The comments are a little bit different. I don't find the engagement as good on LinkedIn at the moment. But then I haven't probably spent as much time as I should to build that engagement.
1: Mm. And for me, again, it comes back down to that community piece, and you know, I, what kind of a community you're trying to build. So for me, Facebook's a wonderful place for that because of you know I've, I've got done. a number of Facebook groups, and I love to be in there and engaging with people and they can ask questions and you know you can share a whole lot easier and plus as you know more people see your content when you post in a Facebook group than they do other places so well, for I, 100%.
0: now I think in terms of engagement in, in terms of the number of people seeing it you're going to get a lot and, and that immediate engagement that you get because people hang out on the on Facebook a lot more than they do on LinkedIn you tend to go onto LinkedIn or I do at least to spend some time on there you know, make, make some connections, read some posts, and then I'm off again. I don't have it buzzing for notifications on my phone in the same way that I do Facebook or or Instagram. And so, and, and maybe you want to do that, but then it's about having how many notifications do you want? Do you want all the platforms buzzing at you telling you that there's notifications and you probably don't. So it's choosing which platform is going to resonate with you and and the message you want to share. A couple of years ago,
1: I uh, took off all my notifications So I don't get email notifications or Facebook or Instagram or anything. I just choose certain times in the day when I go on and see what I need to see. But I felt that it was really too much, like way too much. Um, It
0: means that I'm not focused on what I'm meant to be doing at the time either. Same so, with same with emails and so many other things. We ha- I have internal rules and processes around how I manage socials and and emails and stuff during the day, so that I'm not getting distracted and I'm not you know I'm I'm able to do the work I need to do and not get distracted by the noise around. Yeah, whole I other conversation though.
1: <laughs> I'm working on the weekend too, and I want to send. You know, we have a messengers chat team with my team, so I want to be sending them things if I'm if I'm working on the weekend, but I'm really sure that they've got those notifications off. And they'll turn them back on on Monday morning. Yep. And then if yep. I'm not working on the weekend, which is thankfully most weekends I'm not, then I have mine turned off because clients will message me, et cetera, et cetera. They know that from Friday night to Monday morning, it's, it's you know, I'm not going to respond. No. So it was just all of that
0: really clear, I think is is super important. So 100%. Um, yeah. It's been an awesome conversation. I just realized we've been talking for so long. It's been amazing because we often do that. Didn't even, not even realize the time. I didn't everyone's watching us and joining us today because we have had a you know a fairly one, a meandering conversation which has been so great today. <laughs> I've got a great topic for us next week Jenny yes.
1: because we're you know when we're leading up to Christmas how can we get more sales more bookings all those things that are really going to ramp it up so that we can really make the most of these next couple of weeks or next few Love weeks it. as we can, but rather than winding down so yeah. pump it up don't drop it and drop the ball. Pumping and then, up the
0: business at the end of the year.
1: Yeah, that's a beautiful one, Jenny. I love it. I've got some great ideas to share, and I know you will have as well. Yes. So um, let's, let's talk about pumping up the business at the end of the year.
0: But before and- we go, I do want to talk about our amazing thing that we're doing next week, that we're running next week. About- yes our masterclasses and it's been so long since we've done a collaboration together I am so excited about this because everybody knows how much I love goal setting and habits and creating really good business plans that allow you to actually thrive and grow your business and you're all about creating you know social media strategies that are actually going to you know grow and engage clients with awesome content that they can do and that's easy to do and we're combining those two things for a masterclass starting next week. I'm super
1: pumped about that, a little mini series. So two half days, next Wednesday is the first one and then Wednesday, the 12th of January. So we have half of it that, you know, sets us up at the end of the year and then the, the second half to just get us really going at the beginning of the year. So I'm super excited. We've got it at 70% off because we know that, you know, so many people have just had a such a tough year or two. Um, and so we've got it at a crazy, crazy good price. So you can jump on that and grab it, and uh, we'll put the link
0: in the in the um, caption, definitely. and uh, hope we can see you there. It would be amazing, and it's it's and it's a nice just short short shop chat sessions. You know we like to be targeted, but you know what we like practical conversations and practical outcomes. And over these two sessions, you'll definitely get. Some really good habits, some good goal setting and also an outline of your business plan that aligns with your marketing strategy and vice versa. So people know what content they're doing and why they're doing that content, what it's going to help, how it's going to help their business. Yay. And we
1: have lots of resources and templates to share with everyone. So it's going to be awesome and totally set you up for a really good year for growth. Definitely. So how can people find you on Facebook or all your socials? hellomedia.team jump on there on the website and there's links to our socials links to the webinars that you can join etc etc and of course the link on there under offerings to buy the masterclass that masterclass mini series at 70% off Um, and what about you Jenny how can people
0: find you So at Elephant in the Room AU on Insta and Facebook are the places I tend to hang out the most. you can find me at Jenny Walk on LinkedIn or at our website, eitrconsulting.com. And we've got links to everywhere else that you can find us. And we would love to connect with you beautiful i love it and can i just say i love your earrings thank you every week i look
1: forward to your earrings what tell us about these ones
0: these are these are also from black designs they're an um, indigenous business um i love them because they're leather and so they're really really light so sometimes metal i find gets a little bit heavy so they're beautiful leather printed on yeah and i love them and just this the design and the attention to detail which i know seems really silly but simple things like if people love earrings like me how often do the backs come off like the pieces come off because the glue fades they've embedded it in between two pieces of leather so they it's like beautifully secure and they're like the quality is amazing i love this i love this brand so they're black designs blak designs oh i love it an indigenous business Yep, always. I'm, I'm, I need to buy some more because I think I've actually outrun all. So, if it, I need to be buying e- earrings for Christmas, I think that's going to be my like, I should have made myself an earrings advent calendar, I think. Yeah. And I've had 24 pairs of earrings for Christmas. My mom sent me a T2 advent calendar. Oh they my every- God. The That's new amazing.
1: tech, which is exciting. Last year it was a wine advent calendar, so it's much better for me this year.
0: <laughs> I, I did look at a wine advent calendar and decided I should I should abstain this year for the from the wine advent calendar. It was in my shopping cart for a while. I'm not going to lie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, good on us for choosing a uh, a better path. Do do?
0: Jenny. Yeah. Well, you have an amazing week. I look forward to talking next week. Um, about, you know, what we're going to talk about. So my brain just completely Christmas. stopped. <laughs> Sorry. Christmas. It <laughs> up for Christmas. Pumping up the end of the year so we can get as many sales and actually start end the year off on a high and then we can start the new year in a really great place. I love that idea. Beautiful. Me too. All right, Jenny, I look forward to seeing you next Friday. And thanks everyone for joining us. See you later, everyone. See you. Bye. Bye-bye.